0: HOO- <laughs> Yo, yo, what's up, crew? Time for uh yeah, time for another Clover Tech Podcast Studio. I'm trying to think what uh number this is. I know it's in the description below. 145, maybe I'm thinking. But uh it is May the 13th, 2021. And uh gonna be talking nerdy tonight about some video editing techniques. Uh, a lot of people just do the uh do some raw stuff they don't chop it up they don't really uh spend a lot of time editing however uh, and i totally get it because i hate to edit uh however uh you can uh do a few little simple things that make a really big difference when it comes to uh, editing so yeah, I'm going to talk uh hopefully briefly about all of that. Hopefully it's not a two hour conversation about video editing. That would be horrible. Uh, big uh, shout out. And uh, thanks as always to the uh, Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, and those that uh, participate via super chat. Uh, appreciate all of you folks that, uh, that do that. That helps of course uh, support the channel and do some things and, and more things uh, also we're uh, we've got the intro we've got an outro now on these podcasts as you've uh, seen there and then we've also got I got to bring it up but we've got a call in number uh, 318-620-0825 it's scrolling at the bottom by the way 318-620-0825 so if you've got those questions of the nerd persuasion well then uh, by all means if it deals with uh, tech or content creation or stuff like that throw those out there in the live chat Uh, you're welcome to call in with those as well and remember that if you're in replay watching or listening to this well, you can always participate down in the comments below doesn't matter where you're at it's here on youtube or iheartradio or podbean or stitcher or wherever there is a comment section so uh, yeah you can participate that way so let's run through our uh panel welcome everybody into the show here and we will get started on uh, some video editing techniques We've got uh the one percent mr rich white unloaded media in the house what's happening man
1: hey how's it going guys it's been an interesting day for us here today <laughs> sounds like it oh yeah and then uh this weekend uh Kingpin's going to be coming up here, so we're going to be hanging out this weekend, so that would be cool.
0: Yeah, always uh, always fun when you can get together like that. Uh, G23 joining us. What's happening, G23?
2: Thanks for the invite, uh, and glad to be here.
0: Now, Wild and Wild Arm is talking about our at daughters out there, Uh apparently right on the cusp of that thousand dollars thousand dollar thousand subscriber mark so yeah if you're out there listening go check out our tech and daughters and uh yeah if you like what you see give uh give that dude a subscribe for
3: sure uh rogue in the hospital with what's up rogue not much man I'm just kind of laughing at a picture my wife sent me of someone filling containers full of gas um and well it they're they're filling buckets. <laughs> don't know how they're gonna transport that back home. <laughs> but oh, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. It's gonna I, I, I like editing. I, I know some people don't like it, but I'm starting to really starting to really dig it. So I'm looking forward to talking tonight.
0: G twenty three, I kind of interrupted you there. What were you gonna say?
2: uh i think our tech is like four subscribers away from the 1k mark mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's what will and well armed out there was was saying so oh uh, yeah go over there i don't uh necessarily tell people to go subscribe because i'm not going to tell you what to do but go over there and if you like what you see definitely smash that subscribe button so i've got uh i've got my show notes here i've got my topics i've got uh I say the topics, the topics is going to be video editing, but I've got my, uh, my bullet points, uh, over here and we're going to sort of run through those. But the, the first thing I think we need to probably talk about a little bit. We've talked about editing and video and the software and a lot of other things on this show in the past, Again, 140 some odd episodes that we've done way more than that. Um, long story with the numbering system, but, uh, we're, potentially in into the 300 range uh, as far as episodes of the the, the um, Thursday night show goes and, and the, the nerd chat here but you know one thing that always comes up we always seem to get this question is talk about editing software now one thing I know I I cannot speak to as far as the video editing side of things is mobile uh, I do not do mobile even when I film YouTube shorts. Uh, things vertical uh maybe i'm doing something for instagram whatever uh yeah i pull that over to the pc i edit it out <laughs> and then uh send it back to my phone uh and post it or whatever uh cannot work on the small screen if you're able to do that more power to you uh so i'm not up to speed on all the mobile editing softwares and stuff like that now uh, jose says what is that yellow and white emoji being used that colors are so bright it's washing out on a screen and can't make it out yellow and white i don't know what he's talking about that's probably a moon that you're seeing if you're talking about it being by our attacking daughters or being by uh g webs out there uh that is a yellow moon and so that is um just one of the little things that YouTube channel members are able to, uh, to get is little different emojis and uh, different things. Uh, in fact, just uploaded a, uh, revolver emoji there. Uh, our tech and daughters put that out there. So yeah, we put our, was able to upload that FUD life revolver, uh, here a couple, a uh, couple nights ago. So YouTube channel members get some, some nifty little perks like that. Where was I at? Oh, I was talking about editing yeah. software.
1: Yeah. You're talking oh. about, um, for mobile. I, The one I've played with is uh, called U-Cut. It's on Android. It's a simple little editing program that lets you edit and upload directly to uh, YouTube. From on your phone.
0: That's good to know. Uh, Rogue, I'm going to kick it over to you uh, and uh, yeah, talk a little bit about the editing software. You use stuff you've used in the past, desktop or mobile. Uh, Either
3: way, give some folks some pointers and some ideas out there. Sure, uh, you know, I'm a Mac user. So I originally started off using iMovie on Mac. Um, and that took me all the way up till well, December of 2020 when I switched over the Final Cut Pro and decided to finally lay down some money on some editing software. But um, I, you know, if you're a Mac user, iMovie is free and you can do a whole lot with it. Um, and once you're done and you're ready to graduate, going over to um, Final Cut Pro, you can actually import your iMovie work over into Final Cut Pro, and uh, if you got to remaster it or something like that. But that those are the um, that's what I use for video editing. Now, uh, just a sidestep, uh, Clover. You got a you have a, a Samsung phone, right? That is correct. So in the S series. Of the Samsung phones, there is this thing called Dex D E X, where you can plug your phone into your PC or your Mac and get a full desktop of your Android device on your computer.
1: Yeah, there's another can, one too. It's called Um Flow, and that lets you do it uh, wirelessly as well. If you don't want to, that you can with the with Flow, you can do either by Bluetooth or through your uh, home Wi-Fi.
3: That's cool. I didn't know about that one.
0: Well, so uh, what would
3: be the purpose of something
0: like that? Well, if you got a PC
3: anyway. Well, let's just say that you um, you want to do editing on mobile, but you don't want to deal with the small screen. You can still use your keyboard and mouse, and yeah. uh, by by projecting, you know, by using your PC. Mm-hmm. The other thing is like you were talking about Instagram. You know, I do the same thing with Instagram and. And, uh, and that type of stuff, whereas I film it, I export it to, my, to the computer, edit it, and then import it back to the phone. But then you know I drag it from my my Mac over to my phone inside of uh, uh, Dex, and then I'll launch the Instagram app. And I can use the Instagram app with my mouse and my keyboard because yeah. I suck at typing on that little keyboard. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and you'll see my spelling errors and stuff.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, go
3: ahead. I was, go, ahead. No oh,
1: bad, go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say, I, with my eyes being bad, I use uh, I'll use it on mine with my phone. If I'm expecting a lot to be texting somebody back and forth, that way I don't have to read off the small screen too. Even though I got the bigger screen phone now, it's still better for me it's to read it small. on my computer.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a cool. lot easier yeah.
1: and i can instead of having to touch type on that little keyboard on the phone like what rogue was saying i can do it on my keyboard on my computer and it's a lot easier
4: you
1: gonna and,
3: you got anything yeah. to finish up with rogue no no i rich has rich is got it he's doing good
1: Yeah, and that, then like um he was saying you can uh if you only take video and edit on your phone you can do that on your desktop using those, too, like what Rogue was saying. So it's a, it's a, actually, in, you can do that with both those programs, either Flow or DeX. DeX is a little more intuitive than Flow is, but if you don't have to deal with the wires and everything, Flow is wireless. So that's the advantage to Flow, but DeX, it gives you a little bit more intuitiveness to it. You can actually make the screen bigger than you can with a Flow. So those are just two options if you have Android, or Samsung, rather, not Android, because I think they both only work with Samsung phones. So that's an option for if you have a galaxy of any series galaxy, they should, both those programs should work with them.
0: TZ out there saying, uh, they're, he's using, uh, DaVinci resolve, which I've heard uh, a lot of people, a lot of people talk that, um, moving down to G23. Uh, what about you for your editing? What, um, software wise software speaking, what are you doing?
4: So, I have a couple different uh,
2: editing software that I'm, I started out using InShot on the mobile, and so now I've kind of switched over to, what's it, uh, PowerPoint, or, um, and I do it all mobile, and I have a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse that hooks up to my cell phone or to the laptop. So I can use it either way. So I don't have to try doing everything off my cell phone. I can just use the cell phone as like a monitor and run everything off the keyboard or mouse. Heck
0: that works. Uh, Rich talked a lot about mobile. Do you use uh, do you use desktop software as well?
1: Oh yeah, I have Adobe Premiere. My uh, my daughter gets it at a discount through her school when she needs it for the classes that she's taking. So I just piggyback off of her and use Adobe Premiere when I'm editing something.
0: Well, it isn't that convenient? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely the software to have. I mean, that's uh, Saudi Vegas comes to mind, which is a, a really good one. Uh, several of them out there. Um, you know, as far as me, I mean, I've primarily used uh Cyberlink Power Director for many, many, many years, which does have a mobile version. Um, more recently, when I upgraded to a let's just call it a gaming laptop because technically it is a republic of gaming or whatever edition, um, had some issues with the video card there and. Had to move into a program called MOV AVI, uh, which is is I'd never heard of before. But I've gotten I've gotten used to it. Uh, I've been able to figure out things like we're going to talk about tonight with transitions and fades and scrolls and overlays and all this other stuff. I've actually been able to figure out things as I, I went along because you get used to using one software and you move to something else. And uh, that learning curve definitely will get you. Uh, gunsnob out there says, uh, Adobe is better than everything else. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, but I would also, and I, Adobe is a double-edged sword for me. And I think maybe for a lot of people, um, Adobe is sort of overwhelming. However, uh, there's probably more tutorial stuff out there on Adobe than any of the other pieces of software. So while it, uh, yeah. At first glance, it could be overwhelming. Uh, at least you've got a, a wealth of knowledge out there. Uh, now, uh, Michelle Gibson out there says you could use your phone for a uh, webcam. Yes, absolutely. Uh, not really talking about that tonight, but, uh, I've talked about it multiple times with, uh, EPOCAM EPO EPOCAM, uh, it's what I use, uh, to, uh, run an old iPhone 5S as my, uh, camera. So, if you're looking for that sort of thing. So uh, with software out of the way, let's get more into the, the editing aspects. And, you know, one thing that we that we know for sure uh, is that, and, and I'm going to speak in general terms, and, and I don't particularly like doing that, but when I do, Always caveat it by saying we're speaking in general terms. Um, there are folks out there that they want the raw, they want the rambling, they want the ands and the uhs and the uhs and the uh and the silent, awkward silences and everything else. Um, however, the vast majority of people, um, do not have the patience for that. Uh, we're plagued with an add society, I think, and so. Uh, when you're looking at your watch time, when you look at a video and you see drop offs and you, you are checking out the analytics subject for another show as well, um, then you can kind of tell uh, when those lulls happen and when people are bailing on you. Uh, and quite often that's an opportunity if you're looking back hindsight's always twenty twenty. but if you're looking back at that video you're like dang i could have put an infographic i could have put a jump cut i could have put a transition to fade a, a, a b-roll or something in there right to shift that up uh, that way it's not just the same monotonous standing in front of a screen or heck even if it's shooting footage right uh there's a big difference between one camera angle and you're, you know, shooting at a target. Maybe the, your camera is on you. There's a difference between having one camera on you and it's a static. There's no zoom in, zoom out. There's no fade. There's no nothing going on, as opposed to having other elements happening. And that's sort of what we all want to talk about with, uh, with the, the editing aspect of things is not so much. And this is how you do a basic video, right? Um with okay i need to chop this section put it in there chop this section and put it in there but how do we how do we spice it up how do we spruce it up how do we make it uh you know more appealing to those people that may have uh may suffer from uh audio add so to speak and the first thing i want to talk about here we've got several i've got several different um bullet points that i want to talk about when it comes to Editing, where you can kind of bling your videos up. Uh, the first, I'm a, I call these transitions. Uh, now, if you're talking in the sense, of, I'm going to speak in the sense of Star Wars, for example, uh, you get these jump cut transitions, and a jump cut is an immediate jump. Uh, I mean, you just put a splice in, and it just you cut out a certain section, and there's no fade, there's no nothing. It goes from one picture to the next. This happens a lot when you shift camera angles if you watch TV or a movie, uh, and then when they have an end scene, like for Star Wars, it's got a a swipe, a fade swipe, right, left to right, right to left, that sort of thing. Uh, that goes on. Those are transitions, and you can do all kinds of cool transitions most of the uh editing software out there has stuff built in you can download additional ones um you know for me personally and i'll move this to the chat and we'll talk transitions and some of the ones you like to use and where you like to use them um but for me um i don't use jump cuts um jump cuts to me look choppy uh and so what i use the most of is fades and typically, I'll use a fade when there's a lull in the conversation. We're going to talk about some other elements that I use as well. But assuming that I can't use any of the the other other elements, right? Um, and I've got a longer section of the video. I will find a pause in my in my voice, um, and it's it's enough pause I could put like a half second fade in. So I'll chop it at that pause, insert that half second fade. And you've got a little blip, a little something happening on the screen. But unlike a jump cut, it's not real harsh, right? It's more subtle. Um, so that's kind of my transition. I've tried some of the screen wipes. Uh, I've tried some of the, the flipping pictures. You can have it where you know one, uh, that one picture will rotate either vertically or horizontally uh, to the next scene. You can do all kinds of things. You can do a scroll up that looks almost like uh, an old Tim strip. There's just all kinds of transitions you can use. Uh, But, yeah, I typically use them. uh, Like I said, if I've got a long spot where I'm talking, uh, I'll I'll find a lull maybe where I pause for, you know, a second to two seconds or something like that. And that's a perfect opportunity. One thing we're going to talk about a little later, but one thing I'll do, too, a lot of times when I do that fade uh, is to just give it to a more pronounced visual cue on the screen. Cause that's what you wanting to do. You want things to change. Um, I don't want to say rapidly, but change enough, right. That people don't visually get bored. And one of the things I'll do is when I, when I chop in between that second or two seconds of silence, I will take the, let's call it the number two scene right the, the scene after the chop uh and i will crop that i'll crop it down or do something where the screen actually shifts it might zoom in a little bit or it might zoom out a little bit or or it actually shifts along with that transition so not only have you got a transition but it's a you know you're getting a, a different visual picture um rogue gonna jump over to you talk to us a little bit about transitions some of the different things you use you like and and not just the types of transitions and stuff you use and you like but also when you like to use those most at what situation in that video
3: sure I mean uh, before I go with that uh, just realize that there are so many things you can do if you have not seen the video death by PowerPoint, that can totally happen in your editing. There's so many things you can do that you can make your audience nauseous. So you know, pick something um, that works for you and just kind of stick with it. Um, I'm like you, Clover. I use a fade um, because I think just I think it's just it, it, it's not it's not harsh, right? It's not like something just happened or something just swiped up the up the screen. Um, I just want enough of a thing to. To kind of ease your eye into the next scene. Um, This year, uh, I've changed my format around a lot. And what I do is I have two cameras rolling when I'm doing like my bench tops. Actually, I'm doing two cameras on everything. And for me is while I'm talking, I'll have something on the bench. And then every once in a while, I will flip over to the other camera where I'm looking at the camera and talking to the audience, so that way it's not all just here's this thing that I'm working with the entire time, and then you get so sick of looking at that object. Whereas, you know, I'll do something, I'll show you something, and then it, I'll I'll cut over to the second camera, and then talk to you about something. So right. that way, it kind of it, it kind of does the same thing. It keeps it keeps the audience more engaged. Um, You know, before it was a down-looking camera the entire time, I did throw in some pictures. I still throw some pictures in. Um, uh, Even when I'm talking, I'll bring up some pictures if I'm talking about something so you can see what I'm talking about. But I'll do other things to try to keep an audience's attention. And then um, that's pretty much, you know, my format. Um, I just, I want to show you something and then talk to you. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so far, that's working out pretty good for me.
0: Right. Uh, Rich, going to come down to you when we're talking about uh, transitions, primarily from one scene to the other. Maybe it's where you cut out us and ands and us uh, and laws and whatever. But uh, do you have some favorite ones that you use? that uh, want to talk a little bit about what, when and why you use those. Uh, or something that I should have brought up with Rogue. And I'll go ahead and throw this out there for Rich and, and G23. Maybe it's something you see in other videos that you you don't do yourself, but you like. I really like that. It really looks clean.
1: Yeah, when it comes to mine, I just I'm a one take guy. If I have if I screw up, I'm starting all over again from the beginning. I like doing it all in one take. If you look at the videos like I did um, for school that are on the Rich White channel, you'll see. Like when I'm doing my introduction there for the communications class, that was all one take when I'm telling that the story there. And then if you look on the Unloaded Media channel, the video I did in response to Ghost's uh, top five, what was it, mid size handguns? And I went, and he, you know, he's like, he challenged me to do one. That was all done in one take. So uh, I prefer doing it that way when I'm doing those kind of videos. I haven't done anything where I'd have to do an actual transition from one thing to another. Like, uh, say when Snob's doing his transitions, where he's going from shooting, and you got the camera behind him, to when then he transitions to using the, um, the oh, throwing a blank now, the, you know, the little airplane thing that he has.
0: You go the target cam, the the, the
1: the the drone, the drone he drone, has. Drone. yeah, I, yeah. I was drawing the complete blank on the word drone for some reason, <laughs> but but when he uses the. Um, Drone. He'll transition from, like, I guess it's Stacy that's doing the shooting or his son, and then he'll have he'll transition from that to the drone. He does that really smoothly, so I like I like when he does that in his videos for um, that kind of transition because it just goes smoothly from one into the other, and you you really don't even realize that he did it if you're not really paying attention and looking for it sometimes.
0: Right. uh G twenty three, jump in here. Uh, tell us a little bit about you know, your thoughts on. Uh, scene transitions
2: so i'm still kind of getting new i'm still real new to this and everything and so like the first time i ever really edited a video i was just throwing everything up raw and just putting text on the screen but then when i started editing i tried a couple jump cuts um and i didn't really like them so i've been like you sticking with the fade Uh, on most of mine when I do edit and that's, you know, taking out, maybe I screwed up and, or I have, uh, too many, ums or drawing blanks. So I'm just kind of, uh, what the hell do I want to say now? Um, so then I, I'll try to cut that out and fade it. And another part that I'm doing is I've been adding, um, a second camera. And so I've been kind of split screening, uh, those. So it's running like a 50, 50 screen. So trying a different, a few different things to like rogue was saying, keep people's attention.
0: Right. Well, you know, before we move on, just to, you know, to talk about the multi camera angle thing. Um, one reason that you don't see that a lot in my videos is, I am ag- I get aggravated by it. And so I don't use that approach much. And there's a reason, um, if I could eventually pick up a couple more phones like I have now, which is what I film prime uses as my primary camera. Um, you'll see a lot more, a lot more camera angle work. Uh, what aggravates me is the cameras, the phones, the other things I've got. You can tell, I can tell Let me back up. Um, I can tell that the the quality I'm not going to say the quality is bad, but I could tell that the quality is different. In other words, the lighting might not be quite the same. It's not picking up the same hue or saturation or, you know, something like that because it's a different camera. It's a different sensor. It's it's pulling things in differently. Um, and that just, that annoys me to absolutely no end. So, uh, one of these days when I'm able to have two or three, um, Identical phones, identical cameras, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, I can see myself doing doing more of the multi camera angle. I do like that uh, approach for sure. Um, you want to jump in on that, Rogue?
3: Yeah, I, and and I get exactly what you're talking about. Like when I was still running the uh, iPhone 5s, um, I that's what I launched the uh, the channel on. And then I started using my Samsung. I could tell there's a big difference in the sensor and stuff like that. But now I run with an uh with a Samsung S9 and an S- Samsung S10. Uh, the The software I use is Filmic Pro that I film with, and you can adjust that white balance and stuff like that. So I can I can get both of those to look just about the same. Um, just by doing tweaks. The problem is is it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. It 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 takes a lot of time to set that stuff up. And yeah. um and that's one thing for me when I film, when I film I I I swear I spend half my time on on setup and tear down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah because I'm 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 looking through and I'm like I don't like the way that light looks. I'm going to change adjust the white balance or the and all that stuff, but you can get it where they're pretty darn close.
0: Yeah, and you can do it in post as well. Yeah, uh, but again, I mean, you're talking about a lot of time because you've got to yeah. go in, you've got to put both of the videos side by side, you know, and then jump back and forth and tweak this and tweak that until you until you get them close. So, um yeah, time is just something that I do not like uh, extending on. Uh G23 you had to follow up on cameras. Go ahead.
4: So, Like
2: I I run my Samsung cell phone as one of my cams and then I have a set of Aim Pro uh glasses they're shooting they're shooting uh glasses and everything that have a camera built into the so you can like do point of view uh cam. And that's the one I'm using as like my secondary camera. Um and I think it's actually working out pretty good. So that was right. the only I had on the camera issue.
0: Oh. Well, let's jump in now because something that I've been doing, uh, G-Web's got a question out there. We'll we'll uh, we'll hit this bullet point and then we'll get on to uh, G-Web's. We'll answer that for him. But something I've been doing lately, I figured out, is you see a lot of, you know, I got into, I don't know how you do it, camera dollies, I guess, where, you know, you got a camera that's on a pendulum or a camera that's on a track or a camera that's on a, uh, some type of a boom arm or something like that, right? And it's able to move and and uh, pan and do, it. maybe even you pan it with your tripod, quite honestly. Um, one thing that I've, I've been doing lately is been utilizing zooms and scrolls and different types of animation with still photos. Um, I started out with, So we talk about transitions and one of the things that I was doing was like wherever that transition needed to be. A lot of times I would put almost like B-roll. We'll talk about B-roll here in a minute, but we're talking about a still photo. Uh, And I would put a still photo that spanned where that transition was. And so it would fade into that still photo. Uh, I'm still talking, it switches scenes, but it's behind the photo. You can't see it, right? The photo is what you see on the screen. Uh, and then when it comes out of that photo, it's to the to the new scene, whatever it is. And you can't even really tell, uh, or to the eye, you don't even see the transition. The picture is different. I'm maybe to the right of center, or maybe I'm to the left of center, or maybe it's zoomed in. But I guess what I'm saying is I've I've started to pan and zoom and scroll and do all kinds of things um, with the steel image. And what's kind of neat is you could get that panning shot that a lot of people use a dolly for or something like that. You know, a pan left to right or maybe a pan diagonally. Um, and if you take your photo the right way, the key is to, I think anyway, the key to utilizing that technique is to already have in mind what your animation or your movement for that photo is going to be when you take that photo, and in that way you can and take multiple, obviously multiple angles and and multiple shots, so that you've got uh, you know some room to play in case something doesn't come out quite right. But uh, yeah, then panning shots and stuff like that. Uh, you could do a lot. I mean, just a little bit of zoom, just a very gradual, very slow zoom in or zoom out or very, uh, slow and gradual scroll or something like that can make a world of difference on a, uh, on a still photo. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about with putting those jump cuts in the fades and the transitions and the other things is keeping it from where it's not static. It's not the same thing on the screen just all the time. Uh, so I'm going to bring rich in and, uh, as far as using photos in your uh, in your content is there any specific way you play with those photos as far as animations or something like that?
1: No, I really haven't done anything like that. Now my wife she used to do the um videos where she would do like slideshows and stuff in her videos and she was really good at it doing that kind of stuff. Me, not so much. <laughs>
0: yeah you know another thing that we could we could talk about too before I get to g23 at, at rogue is uh, screen overlays screen overlays are also basically an image um, yeah. talking about using photos that's where uh, you can have a logo you could have a banner you could have you know when I start uh, most of my videos is like hey it's you know Chris with clover tacking and I've got a little thing that comes up that you know says that I've got you know a little graphic that comes up you see people that do little sliders that come in and out of the screen maybe it's you know some kind of a meme or a gift or thumbs up or you know something like that you see that uh, pretty often and that's basically taken you know that's basically overlays is, is what that is Um yeah. i'm guessing yeah. since you don't use pictures you don't you probably don't do a lot of that either
1: well if you watch the video i did that was the response to the ghosts video i actually used the one, you know, in, um, YouTube has the little eye icon. I used that one in there to refer, then put his link in there, telling people to go up there and they can go to his website there. And then when I misspoke about what the one gun was, I used a, a text overlay and corrected what I had said because I didn't feel like going back and refilming that whole thing, that whole part again. So I just used an overlay to correct what I had said. So yeah, I'll use overlays on that, like in text and stuff like that.
0: And that's a great point with the, with, especially with the text overlay, because, um, you know, sometimes it's like word reinforcement, right? So if there's something like really important in the video that you really want to drive home and you hit on, you could throw that up on the screen. When you say it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a correction. You can use that just to emphasize to people, remember this word, right? Whether that be a certain specification or, you know, a certain catchphrase or, whatever it might be uh g able to come to you next uh g23 as far as using photos uh screen overlays animation type stuff going on on the screen uh played around with that much
2: um i've added uh pictures and stuff in there um not really any anime or overlays or anything like that. Normally it's just, you know, some information or, uh, if it's like a mail call video, I, uh, add the information from like who it's from if they have a YouTube channel. So I don't, I haven't done any of that. That's still, Still trying to get into the editing and ho- all how it works. Cause I'm not really a techie. So I'm trying to learn all that as I'm, you know, trying to figure out how to do editing at the same time.
0: Understandable. Uh, Rogue finish out, uh, with you on this, using photos, zooms, scrolls,
3: overlays, that sort of stuff. So my channel is pretty much born on video with pictures because it started off as disassembly and reassembly. Now, when I do product videos, um, I don't put pictures in there. It's very rare that I do. Um, I say that, I I have a video coming out Friday where I did exactly that. Um, But in my disassembly and reassembly, I take pictures because sometimes when you're doing something on video, you don't have a reference point of where to start or where to end, you just can't see in there. So I'll take a picture, you know, deep inside a gun of what everything looks like, take a part out, and then take another picture of what it looks like now. Um, so I will do that, and I'll, I'll I'll put them in, and, you know, I'll fade them in and out. And sometimes I use them to cover up screw-ups when I'm talking. Yep. Or I will, I'll, I'll realize I screwed something up, and I stop, I'll put a picture in. Yep. Because that's back when I was only on a one camera system, uh, so that way I'll just I'll like, all right, that, that looks stupid, or I had a stupid look on my face, or whatever the case was, I'll put a picture in, and yep. you have no idea that I screwed up. Yep, um, so I pictures, yes, I, I work with pictures, so uh, like you, um, actually, it's because of your videos, I put in the lower thirds with my name in it, um, in the beginning, so I. You know, I have the, the animation where, you know, it has my name. I'll use the, the likes, likes, share, and subscribe. Got a little sure. animation of that. Great use um, yeah. yeah. And then in the past couple of videos, I screwed up some words. Um, you know, when I was doing the Borescope video, I was talking about lanes and grooves. And I was talking about something, and I screwed up the word. Right. And then I put, a te- I put a text overlay in there where I corrected myself. Um, on another video where I was talking about, you can lock something into, I was supposed to say lock something into the receiver. I said, lock it into the bolt. And I put a little, um, call out Mm -hmm. where it says, did I really, did I really say bolt instead of receiver? Right. Um, so yeah, you can, you can fix things up in, in post-production like that. Um, because, you know, I was like, I was like rich. I used to, if I couldn't do it in one take, I, you know I'd be down here in this basement forever right doing take after take after take and I just didn't have the time to do that anymore so I yeah. had to start doing cuts and then fixing things up in in you know post-production and once you get used
0: to it just to me it makes it easier I mean i I'd buy rich for the dedication of doing it all in one take but once you figure out, that you could use these images and b-roll which we will get to in a second and overlays and other things right uh it makes it so much easier to fly through a video because even if you screw up in your mind you're like oh, it ain't no big deal i'll throw that i'll throw this picture in i'll throw that picture in or maybe you even think about it after the fact right you're like oh man i really screwed up that word or i had a long pause there or you know something, and you're like, oh, I need. It. So what I can do is I can take a picture of this, right? Uh, or I could, record some B-roll of that and make it all come out in the in the wash. One thing that's worth mentioning, since we we were talking about still photos, about about pictures more or less with this graphics, pictures, uh, that sort of thing, um, is most editing software has the ability to do a a screen capture or a freeze frame. And so just because you didn't think ahead of time to get a snapshot of whatever it is that you want to use as, you know, cover up, let's say, um, you can always go into, sometimes you can go into a part of the video that's on the cutting room floor, literally, uh, and pull a screenshot, a snapshot from there. Um, and use that uh, sometimes to kind of fix a mistake. Uh, Let's, let's hit on a couple of of G webs questions out there. They're definitely adjacent to, uh, to what we're talking about here. We're going to do, I'll do his most recent question first and then we'll back up. But he says, uh, how often do you notice an editing thing in a movie or other video Then try to do that in your videos? Uh, I played around with the star Wars swipes (laughs) which are the left, right, uh, up, down, swipes. Uh, I played around with those, uh, but I I will say this. I I don't know that I see stuff that I utilize in my videos, but after creating my own content, I definitely notice those types of things, the editing and the different types of things that go on in in movies and TV shows. Uh, And one thing I I noticed really, really badly is camera work. Oh my God, if the jittery camera and, you know, whatever, uh, I'm able to pick up on that really, really quickly. And it's just, it's just from years, you know, I don't know how many videos is on my channel, but 1500 or 1600 or something, but, um, you know, just, just years of doing that editing and, you know, you're your own worst enemy, your own worst critic anyway, and so you see every little bobble, every little thing, you know, in your footage. And then you start just getting an eye for that. Right. And you this projected project all and you see it in other stuff. So uh, interesting question there. Um, I'll take it to uh, to G23. Uh, if you want to hit on uh, on G's question, how often do you notice an editing thing in a movie or video? Then try to do that in your videos.
2: Um, I, I've started noticing that kind of stuff. But again, I'm still so new to it that I'm not trying to, you know, get too fancy and then screw everything up and now I got to start all over again. So yeah, I'm trying to stick to, uh, stick to my own pay grade.
0: Right. Right. Just slowly walk through it. Uh, Rich, you said you don't, you don't do a lot of that stuff. Uh, that stuff anyway, you do all I would take, but is it stuff that you notice?
1: Oh yeah. It's stuff I notice. So it's like, well, that was a cool effect, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, Uh, like i was saying about snob with his transition from the camera behind him right into the drone camera i mean when he gets it right it just looks like the drone may have been behind him the whole time being the camera that was used so he does a really good job with that that's something i've noticed i don't have i don't have a drone to even try doing that with you know so there's no way i'd be able to try doing that but it is a cool effect
0: yeah, mine's been crashed so many times that uh, it doesn't fly very well anymore. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, uh, they but- can they can take some use to getting used to. Well, any any of those flying RC things takes uh, some getting yeah. used to.
0: Yeah, uh, Rogue, jump in here. Oh, G's question. Uh, we've got another question out there from Tick in the chat, so we'll get to that too before we uh, before we move on. Uh, yeah, how often do you notice uh, things in uh, movies, other videos, and then uh, try to do that yourself?
3: Um, I, well, I already said I, I did the lower third with my name on it because of, of one of your videos. Um, but um, actually, my ending, uh, I stole from Ghost, Go where ahead. he puts the, uh, you know, the template up with, with his social media and other stuff in there. Um, right. I stole that from him. So that way, I take my last 20 seconds of my video, because that's where you're going to have... Um, your, your next video and stuff like that. I have a template for that. And right. uh, I stole that from him. Um, so
0: that, that's actually what tick is, his question is out there. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and let's hit on, hit on Tick's question real quick and then we'll back up to the one G had a little while ago, but uh, he says, uh, how do you add the subscribe here on the video along with the click this to watch this video? Um, so two different elements potentially that he's talking about. Uh, I think we've got some of these nerd chats on cards and end screens, but when they say click on the link above, you know, and it's the little button in the top right corner, the little, um, information thing, uh, that's called a card. So if you're in your creator studio, um, you should have a place under the, uh, the editing features and everything for that video. You should have the, a tab somewhere, the ability to add cards and add end screens. So the little link up in the top, it'll be right-hand corner. If you're looking at it, top right-hand corner, that's a card. So you would just add a uh, add a card, and then you can put various uh, things in that card. Now, the subscribe here, if you're talking about the end, which I'm assuming he is, he's talking about an end screen. If you're talking, this says add the uh, subscribe here. Uh, on on the video uh, and click here to watch this video so if you're talking about like at the end of the video when they have the place to subscribe and they have another thumbnail there of a video that's called an end screen also you're able to edit that uh, and put those in through the creator studio as well Um, now as rogue alluded to If you want that to really look nice, I mean, see the end of Ghost Tacticals videos, for example, Rogues videos. Uh, I don't do that. Uh, I throw my stuff just on top of the normal video. I'm cognizant of where I'm at on the camera, my last scene of my video, so that I really don't cover up anything critical, right, for the last 20 seconds of my video. Uh, Specifically, I don't use a, a template anymore, right? Uh, a lot of people do, again, Ghost, Rogue, uh, various other people, where the last 20 seconds or so of their video, the screen kind of changes, maybe the video shrinks, uh, and then a couple of thumbnails pop up, the subscribe button, that sort of stuff. Now, another thing I want to hit on real quick, then I'll move to uh, to Rogue G23 and Rich on, on Tick's question, just in case I've left something out or they have some more insight, uh, is when uh, uh, Tick out there talks about, uh, when you add the subscribe here on a video. So um, there are non-clickable subscribe here that happens in the middle of a video. Rogue mentioned that earlier. That's done via a screen overlay. And so you could either create that uh, little graphic uh, yourself in, your, in some editing software, uh, or there's free versions you can download, or there's versions you can buy. You can have somebody on Fiverr build you one. The sky's the limit. Uh, And we're going to talk about another way that you can sort of do the call. That's a call to action, right? When you go, you know, if you're new here, smash the subscribe button, blah, blah, blah. Or if you do a question and and ask folks to comment, uh, that's a great place for those screen overlays. I'm glad Tick brought that up because uh, we didn't talk about that. Like when we use that type of stuff. And that's one, uh, two ways anyway that you could really use that stuff. Those are not clickable though. Those are just what well, they again, yeah, they're called calls to action. Uh, and yeah, it's just a, it's just a graphic. So several different things that you can, uh, you can do there. So going back to his question, run this through the uh, panel. I'll start with you rogue. Since we ended with you, he says, uh, uh, how do you uh, add the subscribe here on the video along with click this and, and watch this video. I think you pretty much
3: explained it, but if you've got anything else
0: to add, then, uh, Go ahead and do that.
3: No, I mean, that's, I have a, you know, I have a template that I created uh, and it stretches the last 20 seconds because that's how long an end screen is in YouTube. I shrink my video, move it to the left and then right in the middle is the subscribe and then my two videos. And that's just um, how I set it up in the studio. So yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty simple though. And that might be
0: something for a future uh, a future nerd chat here a uh, future thing in the studio is to do some screen sharing, uh, and maybe build out an in screen template. Uh, just kind of give an idea, give folks an idea how they can do that. Just really all it takes is some type of a photo editor graphics, you know, program graphics editor. I use Photoshop. There's a bunch of different ones you can use, uh, G 23, go to you, uh, anything you want to talk about, add in, uh, with text question there on, uh, adding the subscribe here, the videos to watch later, that sort of stuff? Uh,
2: I think I've done it a couple times where I've done the uh, at the end of the videos where other videos will pop up. Sometimes I add other people's videos uh, or I will add a couple of my own, but yeah, I, I hardly ever do that. I really need to do it more often. So, uh, I I, yeah, I just don't really do it.
0: <laughs> right. The more opportunities you give people to stay on YouTube and stay on your channel, uh, and that's really what that's honestly what that's all about. Uh, Rich, bring you in here. Uh, your thoughts or whatever. Close this one out on Tick's question about uh, adding the subscribe here and the videos to watch later and all that jazz.
1: I use the YouTube's building end screens If you're talking about. I'll, if you look at the, um, when I did the If I Can Only Have One Gun video, I was challenged to do that by Kingpin because that was uh, another channel that Kingpin watched through that challenge out for people to make that video. And then Kingpin, when he made his video, challenged me to do it. So when I got to the end screens on that, I put Kingpin's video, and I think I may have had his channel there as well to, as the subscribe here, but it, was, it wasn't the my channel. It was the Kingpin's channel. And then I had my uh, channel logo itself on there on the end screen as well, along with it was Kingpin's video. If I remember right his uh, channel and then my channel logo. So that's what I'll do. I'll do something like that. And I did that. I believe when the video I did for that one, where I was responding to ghost, I did the same thing. I put the ghost video there, maybe his channel and then my logo as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's all kinds of things you can do with the, uh, well, the end screens and the cards Uh, you can push to Patreon. All kinds of stuff, so I'm gonna back up. Uh, we got uh, what four more points, I think, on my bullet points here for the uh, the actual topic tonight. Uh, but I'm gonna back up and catch this one when was is not really on topic, but it's a nerd question. And as always, we welcome those. Uh, G-Web says, uh, question permanent studio, uh, lighting setups, tripods, etc., versus setting up each time you film. Um, I'm gonna say it depends on what you're doing. First of all, um, for me, for the most part, my stuff is set up every single time I film because I don't know where at on the range. It's going to be filmed. Uh, it may be filmed in the woods depending on what's what's going on. If I need more room or whatever the case may be. Um, so if I did more, uh, you know, I don't even want to say. It. You know, Jared with guns and gadgets, Johnny B. You know, uh Tundra Tactical. trying to think of the people that just stand in front of a, you know, fit and fire. People that just stand in front of a camera and you know talk. Right. uh They've got some really good backlighting, and it's really cool. They got a lot of cool stuff. But again, that's the basically the type of content they're putting out. And so uh I will say this: I was thinking about it today because I filmed two. Videos today out on the range. I've got four tripods out on the range. <laughs> and so, one of the reasons I've got four tripods, and again, uh, I really only use one camera anymore my phone. Um, originally, I got the tripods because I needed to hold the chronograph while one held the phone. And, you know, uh, maybe I wanted a different camera angle, you know, target cam, something like that. But I'll tell you that even when I don't have all those extra things in play, um, it's nice because I don't have to move a tripod. I can walk to a different section of the range, uh, you know, whether I'm 75 yards, 50 yards, 25 yards, or, you know, closer than 25 yards. Right. Um, And the tripod is like right there. And it's for what I'm going to do there. Usually the, it's the height is right. It's leveled. It's, you know, all I got to do really set the camera on it, do a little bit of tweaking and go. So there's something to be said about, uh, I know the question was more about a studio, but there's something to be said about eliminating as much work, uh, as you can and getting things set up in a way that, uh, it's, it's easily repeatable. I think that's, uh, I think it's what I'm getting at, uh, Rich, we'll, we'll kick it, this one back off with you on G question, but, uh, permanent studio versus setting up each time you film, what are your thoughts?
1: If I had somewhere to set up a permanent studio, I would. There's one channel I watch, it's a Toy Galaxy. He does reviews on like 80s toys and stuff like that. And he got he has a space set up in his office where he has it permanently set up where he can take pictures of the toys and stuff. If I were talking if I were doing like a gun review or something like that, I would have that set up so that you know handle the gun there in that little setup. And then obviously you would have to set up when you're out shooting separately. So I would do a combination of both. I would have equipment that I would take with me somewhere, but also have a permanent setup for when I'm just like talking about the weapon itself. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I get you. And I, I guess that could be, I mean, I could, I could clean up, do some things here in, in the man cave, probably and get uh, something like that going. I, I typically find a spot out on the range and just, stand there or you'll know, sit there at one of the benches and do it. Uh, yeah, what yep. I'm doing
1: uh, real quick. What I'm doing currently is I just set up my tripod with my phone on it. And my backdrop is my car, my living room carpet, the way yep. that reflects the light. It's a meat. It's a medium carpet shade. So it reflects the light well, but doesn't oversaturate. So it works out well doing it that way.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, uh, G23, jump in on G's question there. Permanent setup or uh, I have to set it up every time.
2: I set up every time. And it's just because I don't have a location right now that I can designate as a as a permanent setup. Uh, Hopefully here shortly I will be able to have that. And then I will have a designated studio. So I'll be able to do the lighting and um everything else which will be my permanent like youtube area and then of course like Rich is saying like if you're doing shooting and stuff you're not going to be able to do that inside your house hopefully
0: well i mean if you're lucky enough i guess to have an indoor range uh that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I guess, uh, rogue jump in here. I kind of know your setup already, but, uh, everybody else might not. So, uh, yeah, hit G webs, uh, permanent or
3: set it up every time. So, uh, combination of two, uh, at the range is a setup every time because I don't know what range I'm going to be at, uh, what I'm shooting. And plus it's not my range. <laughs> so I don't want my stuff to get stolen. So, um, so I have, uh, you know, my wife, it drives my wife nuts when we go shooting because it's, it's probably 15 minutes worth of loading gear into the car because I got tripods and, you know, extra battery, you know, battery packs and all kinds of crap for the range. Mm -hmm. Uh, For in the studio, it's semi-permanent. It's probably around 60% set up at any given time, um, minus all the crap that's on my bench that I'm looking at right now. Um, but I have my my tripod. That's my head-on shot, and you can see my pegboard behind me. That is that stays there permanently. Um, it's just putting the phone into it and getting it all lined up. My boom for doing my um, my overheads is there pretty much all the time. But that gets changed depending on what I'm doing and how big of a object I'm working with. Sure. Uh, but the lights the lights are there. Um, you know, they're on their own tripods, but they really don't move because I have the lighting to get the pegboard lit up set just right. It took me a while to figure that out. Um, and then I have another light in front of me for lighting me and the pegboard up. And then my overhead light is always there as well. So, uh, those are the things that just don't change. Right. So let's get back, uh, let's get
0: back to the, uh, editing and editing and the, uh, techniques and, and video elements. We talked uh, we've talked about the transitions, the jump cuts, the fades using still photos or graphics, screen overlays, that sort of stuff. And uh we're gonna move now into B-roll. And so we we hit on this a little bit earlier. Uh for me, when I especially when I'm out in the range and I'm filming, um, you know, I I don't just shoot what i'm gonna shoot on camera right so i will a lot of times i want to make sure sights are on and you know different things like that before i ever start filming and so um you know or maybe i'm using a different ammunition i want to make sure what my point of aim point of impact is because you know obviously i want to be able to hit the still targets or i want to be able to get it on the paper or i don't want to damage something on the range right um and a lot of times I'll set the camera up and I'll film that, uh, I'll set the camera up and I'll film loading. I'll set the camera up and I'll film unloading. Right. Uh, all of that is, is potentially can be used for B roll for cover up, basically for something that's, uh, that's, that's screwed up somewhere. Um, so for me, that's a, that's an element. And I, and I'm always, uh, you know, I'll record, Oh good Lord for a four minute video. I could easily record 10 times that amount, easily record, uh, 10 times that amount for four minutes. I could easily record 40 minutes worth of footage. Uh, so you can imagine the amount of B roll that I've got to be able to do things with. Um, another thing that is B roll that a lot of folks probably don't think about is screen captured B roll. Uh, now, Tick brought this up earlier when we were talking about calls to action, like we're talking about, you know, subscribe to the channel or leave a comment down below. One thing you could do is you can screen capture yourself, moving your mouse across the screen, clicking on. You have to create another account, obviously. But and then go to your account and uh, you know who doesn't have an alt account on YouTube. Seriously. But anyway, uh, go to your channel page. Uh, maximize it full screen, turn your screen recorder on most editing softwares uh, have some type of feature like that. Um, again, scroll over there, click the subscribe, click the bell. And then you've got B roll footage you could put in while you're talking about, Hey, subscribe. You see that a lot of my videos, same thing with comments. You can, uh, you know, go into the comment section on one of your videos and top out a, you know, comment here or whatever, actually do it and film that uh, and utilize that as B-roll while you're doing those calls to action. Uh, Another thing when you're talking about screen captures or, you know, quote unquote stealing video, even uh, several folks have brought it up when they mentioned um, talking about other people's, other creators videos, right? Uh, Or whether it is, whether you're talking about somebody has a video related to yours or this is a video response to that, or you just want to give a shout out to that channel. uh, You could go in and pull some footage from that person's video. Uh, Now, in the context of what we're talking about, we're talking about doing that from, you know, our friends, our colleagues, people we know that obviously are not going to mind that. Uh, And then I'm sure all of us are going to say, I'll run this topic through the room, of course, but I'm sure all of us uh, are aware that if you use somebody else's footage, even if it's, it's a clip to shout them out, you probably need to credit that on screen somehow, right? Uh, you know, footage courtesy of uh, the rogue banshee or, you know, whatever you're using. Uh, but that's another uh, potential you could do for P roll. If you could, if you are talking about another channel, is actually using footage from their channel. Uh, and that uh, could be that can be great from a community aspect because you're not just shouting out or recommending or talking about that channel, but then you actually give the viewer a sample of what's going on as well. So um, yeah, cover up, uh, you know, for shout outs, for, for, you know, helping each other out as creators for call to action. Uh, I just see a lot of different uses for, for B roll uh, and, and like to shoot the you know, B roll that way, you know, shoot more content for me, shoot more video than I need to shoot. And it, as Rogue said uh, earlier, he put it so eloquently, then you got stuff. You could cover up your screw ups if you, uh, if you need to. So um, now rich, uh, we'll start off with rich down there. Where we're talking about this, but as far as B roll, are there, you're, a, you're a one take wonder, but as far as B roll, is there anything that you film do as far as B-roll goes.
1: Thumbnails. I'll use B-roll to do a thumbnail. On the video. Get it. When I'm doing it. I'll take a I'll look. Go through the video. And I'll get a screen capture of. Say one of the guns that's in the video. And I'll put that as the thumbnail.
0: Yep. That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. Uh, and if you're curious about thumbnails. We've got these nerd chats where we built thumbnails we've talked about the best practices of thumbnails and all kinds of other stuff so uh lots of lots of information if you're here you're especially if you're here and you're listening to this or you're watching live or replay or whatever uh, i'll i'll remind everybody that regardless there's a comment section below if you need help or uh suggestions or whatever but if you just search the channel uh and certain Topics dealing with creators, likely we've talked about it before. G twenty three as far as uh, as far as B roll, uh, as far as you know what type of B roll you use, how you use it. I want to talk about that for a minute.
2: So yeah, pretty much every bit of my video that I shoot, I put I put out there, um, unless I cut you know just static out where i'm not saying anything so i really don't have any b-roll that i i use for anything
0: G 23 is watching jeopardy it sounds like rogue jump in here i
3: uh b-roll what's uh kind
0: of your best so oh, not
3: for disassembly reassembly um and i think I thought it was G or uh, G webs out there in the, in the chat said he takes his pictures as he's filming. I do the same thing too. There's times I'm doing editing and you see me going in and taking a picture um, because it's in front of the camera. Um, but I'll take my pictures and use that as my B roll. Um, when I'm at the range, um, usually there's two cameras on me, usually one behind me and one to the side. But then there's also a range camera, you know, a downrange camera that's it's picking up whatever target I'm shooting at. Um, and there's times where I've cut over to the range footage um, and you could see the shots because I screwed, I screwed saying something up and it was just easier to throw up the target. You know, you could see the bolts hitting the target. Um, but that's about it. Uh, there's only one time in the channel history I ever did a shout out for um it wasn't even for a you know um another channel it was for a disabled veteran that makes custom rings and when i did the shout out i did a screen capture of me scrolling through his website so you could see his rings that he did so um so i did that for a shout out
0: so these these last two points I've got they they sort of they sort of go into the editing thing a little bit um, because obviously we're editing for a reason we want it to you know get the point across as far as the video but also I mean for time constraints for file size constraints for other things so these last two um, like I said not really on the technique but it is sort of to me it's an afterthought it's something that we probably should hit on here before we get out of here the first is the format and the size more importantly i guess the size and so uh with with me um i you know i'm doing primarily everything in 1080p i don't do 4k uh, i don't think i have the memory the processor power and certainly not the storage space uh because I, I do good to house most of my stuff for uh, for 1080p but when i'm producing something i am paying attention to size as far as the output goes uh and size when i say size i mean the file size how big the actual file is right um So, I am aware of that. As far as format, I like to upload what is it in the H264, I think, um, format, because that seems to be the quickest to upload to YouTube and to then um, to upload to YouTube and then to um, process. That's what the word I was looking for, for them to process. Uh, you could do it in MOV. You can do it in MP4. You can do it in a variety of other, uh, you know, when you produce that that content in a variety of other formats. Uh, but I'm try- always trying to find that happy medium between file size uh, and that, that 264 format format. Uh, so that i can upload it fairly quickly youtube can process it fairly quickly uh and i'm good to go uh as far as uh g23 i'll I'll hit on you first as far as the format and the size any considerations that you give to those two things uh
2: depending on the camera i'm using it's either 1080 or 720 um so I don't do 4K, and I really don't care about file size.
0: But, uh, good enough. Rich, what about you on uh, format and size? Any considerations you have on those two things?
4: Yeah.
1: So far, the only one, I've only done it in 1080p, but I've used the same uh, method that you said about uploading because that does seem to work faster, and it seems to be – and. I should say it's the fastest that keeps the picture clear. You know, it keeps your video clear and stuff. But you go with some of those re- even faster formats. Uh, but then you end up with your video is not always the clearest once you upload it. So, yeah, basically that's what I do. I mean, I have a phone now. I mean, my old phone, I had an, S10, uh, an S9. That was capable of doing 1440. I, the phone I have now is capable of doing 4K. But I haven't shot anything with this phone yet to see if I even want to play around with that or not.
0: Right. Right. One of the, the perks to 4K is if you start cropping and, you know, you can, you can zoom in and do a lot of different things. Right. And still be very clear at, at 1080. If you shoot in 4K, that's the probably oh, yeah. the one. That's probably the number one reason that I hear that people shoot in 4K. It's not necessarily for the 4K quality. It's so that it allows them flexibility with 1080p, which makes sense.
1: Yeah, just wait till we get phones and cameras are shooting 8K. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, it, it'll never end. Uh, Rogue, jump in here on uh, format and size. Any
3: considerations you have? So I, I do film in 4K. Um, my S9 can do 4K. My S10 can do 4K. Uh, one of the problems I have is my S9, I can go about five minutes in 4K, and it splits the file. It starts creating another. It starts creating another file, and right. then when I import that, especially since I'm doing a two-camera setup, it's a nightmare to sync up. Um, the S10 it just keeps on going. It doesn't have a problem with the file size. Um, looking on my desk here, I have three external two terabyte hard drives to deal with all this footage. I have, I have one that I import all the footage into. I have one that I do all my work on, and then I have one for my archive mm-hmm. um, that I'll archive the footage off. When you're dealing with 4K, those files get huge. Um, I mean, I I've, I have eight minute videos that are five gigabytes. Right, uh, they're big, but yeah, when you get working with 4K, it you know I, I like it to you know some people just want to see 4K now. That's now like the new thing. So okay, fine, I'll film in 4K. But there are times where like I'm I'm filming and I'm you know I'm doing my talking head part. Mm-hmm. Well, my exercise bike is is just off the off the screen there and sometimes you can see the seat. Well, I can crop and expand that mm-hmm. video and you never know it. it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't lose it cuz I'm not doing that much. Right. Um, so it does give you a lot of leeway for when you're when you're doing your cropping and stuff like that because there are sometimes my camera's not quite uh, level, and then I can see it with the lines of my pegboard going across, and then I'll crop or I'll you know I'll t- tilt the video in post production to try to straighten it out. Well, then um, then I got to expand it out. And I got to do some stuff, but in 4K, I don't have to worry about losing that. Uh, The other thing with 4K is if I want to zoom in on something. Right. I've got a lot of resolution to be able to zoom in on something in post-production. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is the number one reason I think I hear why people use it. Uh, Yeah. For the codec, I'm using 264 as well. Now. Adam out there has got a question. We're going to hit and, and rogue read my mind on this because he started talking about storage. We're going to talk about raw footage storage. That's going to be kind of our last hoorah when we get out of here. Um, but Adam out there, he was asking about, uh, he says he's going to see if he can do a video and video option if that's available on iMovie. Any tips? Now, um, I'll run this one through the room in case anybody's got experience with that. I have no experience with iMovie, but G Web's out there uh, says think of a video as layers, one video file on the bottom full size second layer on top make it smaller and there's your picture in picture and he's absolutely right that's the way that uh that i do picture in picture is i just put a video on top of a video and whichever one is on top make it smaller move it wherever i want it on the screen uh and done right uh and you can do that uh good lord when we were talking about overlays and different things you can even do that i mean a lot of these folks that have a little TV screen right for their background and they minimize it to where it fits in that TV screen. Uh, so there's a lot of cool, uh, cool things that you can, uh, you can do with that. Uh, Rogue, we'll let you uh, leave this one off. I know you uh, commented uh, with Adam out there. Uh, Any suggestions or tips with iMovie to do that picture in picture?
3: Yeah, you can do a picture in picture. I was shooting and showed my downrange camera. Um, it's, com- it's completely possible to do. Um, honestly, if you Google it, <laughs> Apple has great um, knowledge-based articles on how to do it. There's videos on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff, and I just told them to, to hit me up. Um, you can get my email address off my channel off the About tab, Adam. So I'd be happy to kind of talk to you about that a little bit. But, yeah, it's totally possible to do with iMovie. And that's basically what it is. You're just bringing another video in and layering it over top. Right.
0: Uh, Rich, you have anything for uh, Adam out there on iMovie and picture-in-picture?
1: Picture? Nope. Never, I've never used iMovie. The only Apple that we've ever owned was destroyed by a cat who peed on it, so I never even got the chance to play with iMovie on that one. So, uh, yeah, I have no experience.
0: Right. Uh, G23, what about you? uh
2: no apple products but i have done picture in picture on i, I believe it's power director um mm-hmm. on the mobile and so yeah it, it's pretty simple uh i figured it out by watching a youtube video tutorial on how to do it so if i wanted to do a 50 50 screen or if I want to just run a, you know, a smaller like picture in picture up in the corner, whatever. Yep. And that's, so I, uh, I just watched it a, a little tutorial off YouTube on how to do it with, uh, I think it's power director.
0: Right. Right. Um, so yeah, let's hit on this last topic now. Thanks for the questions. Uh, Adam G, uh, I don't know if anybody else asked what or not, but but thanks for those. Um, Rogue hit on it a a second ago. I'm going to hold Rogue kind of to the end and uh, let him talk about this a little more in detail if he wants. But I want to talk about raw footage storage, right? Because we're talking about B-roll. We're talking about going back and getting screenshots. We're talking about uh, being able to utilize things. Um, I like having... Um, access to some older raw footage because sometimes it can come in handy. If you're making a top five video, if you're talking about a product that you've already made a video on, let's say, um, sometimes that can come in handy to go back and utilize some old footage. Maybe it was even footage from the cutting room floor, right? Uh, to have that raw footage. Because sometimes when you edit, you crop and you fade. It's all the different things we talked about. And to be able to utilize that in a new video, it just doesn't work. The problem that I've got with raw footage and keeping all of the raw footage is again, I may have forty minutes for a four minute video. And so uh I've got terabyte drives, two terabyte drives. I've got just I've probably got I've probably got forty terabytes in external drives. Um And admittedly, most of it is not raw footage I'm keeping. Uh, The old footage with old cameras and stuff like that, I'm probably never going to use that stuff anymore anyway. Uh, But things, footage over the last year or so anyway, I try to keep as much of that as possible. Now, I'm not concerned when we're talking about raw footage storage for me. I'm really not concerned with raw footage where I'm talking. Um, It's going to be raw footage where I'm shooting, raw footage where I'm you're actually doing something showing a product doing something with a product using a product something like that uh something worthy of b-roll i, I don't know why you would use a, a a b-roll just of you randomly talking about something doesn't make any sense uh so that's how i try to narrow that down one thing i'll do too is you're out on the range and i'm like walking you know i may walk back out of off the camera and load and come back on to the camera and shoot or something like that one thing i do is I will chop my raw footage up, so I may have a five minute video, but there may only be forty five seconds of me actually shooting on that. And so, what I'll do before I throw that into storage is I will actually chop that down uh, and get rid of the just the dead air, the camera running, filming nothing, uh, and that that helps with storage size and and um, and stuff like that. So that's how I kind of handle raw footage, but I do see a value in at least some raw footage and keeping that, uh, rich would you film? Do you keep any of your old footage at all?
1: Yeah. The, I keep all of it. And that's, that's the beauty of doing it all in one take, which goes back to when I used to do high school plays in high school and middle school and elementary school, what you learn the script and you have to do it all in one take once you're up on stage. Right. So that's why I got, that's why I do it that way. It's just what I know. I, I, know how to do that so when you're doing it all in one take you don't have a bunch you don't have like the 40 minutes like what you're talking about that you're crunching down to the four space if i'm doing a 10 minute video i only have 10 minutes of raw footage for it so that's right. that's an advantage i see but as far as the storage i have i have four one terabit drives in my computer two of them are nvme ssds one's in um sata ssd and the other one's a sata hard drive one of those um, nvme's in the hard drive are dedicated storage devices for anything that's data related
0: right, right. so she out there says in my opinion you already have the footage it's free to keep just think about your grandparents photos would you rather have more photos or would you rather only see what they thought was good at the time it's a valid it's a valid point um uh, you know even with really old footage it depends on what it is that could be be interested later on uh, adam out there says he deletes all his data once it's uploaded his macbook doesn't have a space i doubt uh, i'll ever be backwards through the footage so um you you do one day and you say man i wish i had that right uh pop out there 45 acp says cataloging raw footage uh so easy, so it's easy to find what you need can be problematic a hundred percent folders, folders, folders. That's what I I do. So, uh, you're usually by, uh, I'll archive it usually by the firearm uh, on the shooting stuff. Uh, you'll have it, have it mainly like that firearm and then date, uh, date on the actual file name, uh, firearm on the folder typically. Um, and same way when it, or the product, right. As the, Uh, folder. That's how I'll do it. But, but valid point. One other thing that I didn't mention when we talk about raw footage and, and storage in general is so I'll produce my videos and then I upload them to YouTube. But then in the creator studio, you have the ability to download your videos from YouTube. And so I don't keep my produced copy. Why? Because it has to do with the compression that YouTube's able to use and do. What I will do is I will download after I've done after I'm done uploading it, and usually this is a few days after the fact, I will download that video off of YouTube. Now, one of the reasons I download it off of YouTube is so that I could upload it to on and Rumble and uh YouTube and all these other you name it platforms, GunTube, whatever. Um that's one reason, full thirty, because those platforms um uh, it's it's quicker to upload to those platforms with that smaller file size. So that's one of the reasons I download it. But it's also easier to store because YouTube's compressed that more, right? So the file size is smaller than the original that I uploaded. So for my for archiving the produced content, um, so that's what I I wanted to caveat what I had said earlier. Uh, about storing my raw footage is we're talking about raw footage if we're talking about backing up something that's produced uh yeah once i produce it and upload it that's i I usually get rid of that uh and then i downloaded the, the copy from youtube because the file size is so much in some cases it's a quarter of the size which is crazy uh g23 gonna go with you as far as keeping your raw footage storage that sort of thing what are your thoughts
2: So I have every video that I have ever shot for YouTube. So I have every one of them. Um, I have multiple different SD cards. I have a couple different external hard drives, a couple like one terabyte hard drives that I keep all my stuff on. So that's just the way I do. I keep everything. Cause you never know if something would happen, you know, you hear about people getting their accounts hacked. And so if you have to start over again, you have all that ready to go.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's a great point. Great point. There's been whole channels taken down that way. Unfortunately, uh, row, you kind of started this earlier on a different topic, but go ahead and finish this out on, uh, raw footage and storage and your thoughts.
3: Uh, I keep raw footage. Um, I've got hard drives all over the freaking place with raw footage on it. Um, I even this year found some lost footage of a project I was doing that I'm trying to remaster now into, a, into a, a video, uh, that it was supposed to be. But no, I keep my raw footage and the one of the reasons I like to keep raw footage is going back for things. Maybe I'm going to remaster something or, um, I did a shorts video. It was my favorite range time in 2020. Mm-hmm. So what I did is, because I have the raw footage, I pulled out the range footage, um, edited it together for the shorts vid- videos, and, um, you know, and and reproduced that video. So, you know, you can get extra life out of the content you film. Right. Um, so that's, th- a valid, that's a valid point.
0: And you've got me to thinking it's something that I never actually considered. Uh, you know, I was thinking along the lines earlier, uh, you could go back if you needed footage for, you know, a top five video or a similar product or whatever it might be, but you've got a valid point that, and, and I don't know if I've got any footage that is this way, but what if you've got footage that at the time you thought was trashed, you couldn't do anything with it. But now, you have better editing software, better your skills at being able to cover up, right? Whatever the problems with that footage might have been, right? And can yeah. you now salvage something that you couldn't back in the day? And
3: that's yeah, about Absolutely. I mean, and that you just never know when you could use that footage um, or reuse the footage or whatever you're going to do. Um, I, I That's kind of why I keep everything. Um, or if I'm going to do, what if I do an update video on something? Uh, I can pull raw footage out of the original video and say, hey, this is, we ran into this problem with this product. Now, check this out. Or, you know, you, you know don't don't forget to use your old footage as B-roll for your new footage.
1: Yeah, uh, if, I can, if I can real quick to his point, you- just because it's a video doesn't mean you can't use it in another format as well. I've done that with PowerPoint when I was in school. I took clips from what the one video I did for my speech class, and I used that in a PowerPoint that I did for my Second Amendment class. So just because it's a video doesn't mean you can't take a snippet and put that into another format as well. So it's always good to have that footage, even for because you never know where you can use it at. Right.
0: No, hundred percent. So with, uh, with that, we are, uh, we get done with the bullet points. I don't see any, uh, any, new questions out there. And, uh, we're about right on time. looks like for this show. So let's close it out. Uh, I'm going to start cleaning up and, uh, sweeping and lopping and picking up chairs and doing everything else. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. That's what I always say. Let's run this through the, uh, panel. Give us final thoughts, guys. Uh, plug them if you got them. Uh, G23, we'll kick it off with you. What you got?
2: Uh, I should have a couple videos coming out hopefully in the next few days, and I do a live stream every Saturday evening, starting three Pacific, six Eastern, and they run anywhere from two hours to six and a half hours
0: thanks for uh thanks for jumping in g23 appreciate it uh rich the one percent you're up man final thoughts plugs whatever else you got
1: oh yeah as far as uh what i got coming up uh saturday night uh 905 eastern going by the old uh superstation tbs time when they were five minutes behind everything we do a wrestling show on my channel on uh unloaded media Uh, kingpin's the co-host on that currently Used to be me and uh, Ellis and outlaw uh, Hatfield, but with him having his back issues and stuff, he's not able to do it right now. So, uh, Kingpin graciously stepped in and co host that show with me. So, look for that. We'll, on there, we talk about classic wrestling stuff from like the 80s and 90s. Plus, we'll throw in some of the more modern stuff like uh, the new uh, Federation AEW and we'll talk about the Japanese stuff and impact. And sometimes we'll even do WWE slash WWF look for that on saturday nights and then uh sunday you got the main show on the channel which is this week unloaded and you never know what we're going to talk about on that show we we've talked about movies and tv shows and gun usage and that and which ones were accurate and stuff like that before we've also talked about the various wild west firearms that you see in movies and what the actual weapons themselves were actually like and stuff like that before so you never know what we're going to talk about on that channel. We may even get into politics or religious stuff even. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big mix of topics that we come across on that show. So check that out because, eh, again, you never know what we're going to talk about on any given Sunday. Sometimes I don't know going into the show what we're going to talk about, which makes it all the more fun.
0: Right. Thanks for,
3: uh, thanks for jumping in, Rich. Appreciate it. Yep. And uh, Rogue, you're up. Yes, thanks for having me on. It's it's always fun to get on, on Thursday nights. It's definitely uh, definitely one of my things that I just I just love to do during the week, and I look forward to it. Um, you know, for me, I've got a I've got a video coming out tomorrow night on the Streamlight wedge. Um, uh, you're gonna beat me to it. Uh, I'm, gonna uh, I'm gonna steal some B-roll from yours. That's what I'm gonna do since you're doing it. There first. you go. There you go. And then coming up shortly afterwards is going to be the article on gear report and hint. There's a little difference in the article than there is the video. Well, um, there is, or there should be. Anyway. Yes. My so, article uh,
0: typically a little more detailed than the video.
3: Yeah. And I, I, I take the, uh, the article, you know, the video is about the flashlight. The article is a little more of a everyday carry with your firearm hint to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh so yeah, so and I already beat you to the headline on the uh on Gear Report. I got that I got that URL already locked up. Right. So, <laughs> right. Um but yeah, it's gonna be uh it, it's a pretty uh it's a pretty inter- interesting product. Um but yeah, you can find me on just about every social media outlet there is out there, or just look for the Rogue Banshee and you know, I have the YouTube channel here and just about everywhere else and you know, for kind of the parting words, we always say, turn on your camera and do some filming. Well, think green and recycle your content. There you go. Thanks for uh, jumping in, Rogue. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And yeah, as as Rogue
0: mentioned, I do have the Streamlight Wedge here as well. Uh, I haven't done a YouTube Shorts. I haven't done nothing. I got to get, maybe I'll knock out a YouTube Shorts in the next couple of days with that, at least get that done. Um, I've got lots of things, lots of things on the list as far as gun-wise, gear-wise, that sort of thing, Um, stuff that companies want me to do, stuff that I want to do. But uh, I have been, in case you did not notice, I've been completely engrossed, (laughs) I'm going to use a a legislative term, Uh, completely engrossed with uh, Texas Constitutional Carry, HB 1927. we're hopefully coming down the home stretch on that. Um, I've jokingly said I'll be glad when it's over, uh, and because I, I do, I, I've had fun. I've enjoyed covering it for people. Um, you know, keeping up, and and unfortunately, nobody else has. Uh, and. It, with some of the weirdness that's going on and some of the crazy things that that's happened with it and, and may have to do a follow-up video or live stream or something, even talking about the, the process and, and what went on, maybe get some politicians on a show, uh, some Texas politicians to, uh, to give us some behind the scenes baseball on that. But, uh, yeah i mean it was a good thing that i i think that i did but uh yeah i'll be i'll be glad to uh because texas only really has to worry about legislative stuff every other year so it'll be it'll be nice to have a couple of years to be able to uh to focus back on some of the the regular you know firearm related gun content uh with that said i have uh the last couple of days gotten three, I think videos knocked out. If you are a YouTube channel member, if you are a Patreon patron, you've already got access to those. Those have been run through. Those have been given the all clear. Uh, Those have been uh, uploaded. Those are uh, uh, ready to publish uh, on their, their regular publishing date. uh, If you're new to the channel and you're wondering about that, typically uh, it is on uh, Sunday for sure and occasionally Tuesdays with a short dropping on uh kind to be careful talking about shorts dropping, but uh, a YouTube short dropping on, uh, on typically a Friday or a, or a Saturday rain out there with a 99 cent super chat. It's going to bring us home for that. Appreciate that. Right. Um, and, uh, we're going to be, uh, gone for this week. That is, uh, yeah. Editing techniques and a lot of other things having to do with, uh, the video process. Hopefully, uh, if you stuck with it for over an hour and a half, now you got some value out of it. If so, let us know. down in the comments below, wherever you might be listening. Thanks for everybody that hung out live. We'll see you next week. And uh, until then, stay nerdy.